Hello, and welcome to the Methods Podcast. My name is Suzanne Maxted, and today I am joined by Methods colleagues Jane Fallon, Head of Methods Digital Midlands, and Jenny Thomas, Account Manager. And we are going to discuss being a single or a solo parent in the digital and tech industry. This episode was recorded on the 9th of December, 2021. I have with me two guests, Jane and Jenny, who I'll introduce in a moment. But we're going to try and cover some themes today, uh, three of them, in fact, uh, in terms of parenting when one is parenting um, alone. So what the first is sustainability, the second is invisibility, and the third one is opportunity. We'll try to cover off the positives as well. Um, and let's get going. So I'm Suzanne and I have two teenagers, 19 and 17, and I'm over the hump, as it were, in terms of parenting, I think, uh, because they're easy, easy teenagers. Um, but uh, life was very intense bringing them up. I brought them up alone. Um, so I'm their only parent. So I was doing it all, all of the time. And then we have Jenny, who has a three-year-old boy. So she's in that very intense period where you've got to watch your child all the time so they don't kill themselves. And then we have Jane in uh, another situation where um, some of the parenting is shared, but you have twins. And I know firsthand from my very best friend, who has twins, that parenting twins um, with together parents is an altogether different kettle of uh, parenting journey. Would you like to start us off with a little view of that, Jane? Yeah, so uh, hi everyone, my name's Jane Fallon. I've got 10-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. And uh, I think what's interesting with twins is there is that sort of hyped up, perhaps, competition between them for everything and everyone and I think that makes it very interesting when you're a single parent in terms of there's only one person with that attention. Uh, my children are also uh, uh, just about to embark on some assessments for neurodiversity. They are fantastic and wonderful uh, little people but their reactions and their emotions and their ability to cope are perhaps a bit different as neurodiversity says. Uh, so that can add uh, a different angle as well. Uh, my ex-husband worked away when they were very tiny. So I was actually on my own with them then. Uh, and then we separated uh, about six years ago. Uh, and the children uh, go between the two. And whichever bit of school uniform you need or book is always at the other house. Uh, so, so, that, so that's my experience there. So it's very much peaks and troughs of intense activity with the kids and then quietness when they're at their dad's uh, so yeah a lot of peaks and troughs along the way and how do you sustain that how do you keep going what tricks do you use I'll go to you first Jane since you've been talking about it and then to Jenny <laughs> so what do I use so so as a as a single parent what has been incredibly important everywhere I've been is as I'm also a working parent has been to I can only work in somewhere that is uh, supports flexible working and an understanding approach 
and otherwise I would have ended up having to give up work there's no two ways about it because you your children will have different needs and there's no one to share them with the other thing that I point out is it's not just the parenting you are running a household on your own and actually that's double the work so where I can I try and outsource any bits of that so I can't outsource the parenting but if I get really in you know in 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 trouble I can take a big bag of laundry to the laundrette and say you know wash and dry that and go and pick it up later so that I think and the other is she says looking around her messy house I have possibly some of the lowest standards ever (laughs) and that to me has been the only way I can cope and throughout the years and you two ladies might have felt the same you have to sort of guard against uh living to other people's expectations or even being able to provide for your children in the same way that they can be provided for in an environment where there's two parents. It just can't happen. Uh, And uh, I don't want to swear on the podcast, but you need to sometimes be able to say a word beginning with F, it, and just, you know, just let things go. And the kids go to bed without a bath or a shower. It's not the end of the world. They go in and they're not in the proper uniform. It's not the end of the world. So it is about working out what's really important. And I think that to be to me has been the coping mechanism. Yes, yes, you're quite right, Jane. Um, uh, There was a question in my social media group the other day, uh, which was, what was your number one parenting lesson? And and I just put one word, surrender. You know, the kids are not going to die if they don't get bathed tonight, you know, or clean their teeth, whatever. How about you, Jenny? How, how do I cope? So I think similar to kind of Jane as well, there are some things for outsourcing. So I bought a clean in, cleaner into the mix quite early on after my son was born. Um, just because, you know, you're looking around that house. So, you know, it's a bit even more so whilst we're working remotely and I don't have the mental, not I don't have the capacity to do it. I do not want my spare time consumed by that. Obviously, we're naturally cleaning as you go anyway and cleaning before the cleaner even arrives, admittedly, pretty much. But at least I can have that peace of mind that it's sorted. Um, and I think I agree with you in terms of the standards and expectations. Some of it's my mother's expectations of, you know, why haven't you done this job and why haven't you done that? And you're just like, and when was the last time that you were here, mother, in order to give me some spare capacity to do that? Um, But yeah, I mean, it's there's I'm constantly managing by priorities. I think you talked, you know, you know, we're on the go all the time, you know, in the from the middle of the night you know, either because our child has woken us up or because we're thinking about something because we've got the working day, plus what are all those things that we need to think about that needs to go in their bag that day or their packed lunch or what do I need to plan ahead for the weekend? Um, and do, and there's only one mind, there's only one brain doing that in, in my household. Um, I'm very lucky to have my parents' support and, and my brothers and some close friends. Um, and I can call on those, you know, babysitting cars when I need to, but I seldomly do that because I just try and kind of manage my priorities and try and avoid doing SOS calls because with elderly parents, my dad's 75, I won't lie, it gets done. I do pick up the phone sometimes in tears and go like, I really need your help. And he'll come down and he might do the night shift for me. Um, but I can't do that all the time. So I have had to think about how I can make my life more manageable. And some of that is down to sleep hygiene, making sure that I get into as bed as early as possible. 
Some of that is reducing alcohol content to make sure that I don't have a fuzzy head if I've got to make sure I deal with something the next day. Not saying I'm an alcoholic, just throwing it out there. But sometimes, you know, the GNT after work becomes a thing and then you have to rein back on it. Um, and I think within the working piece is like just having to I've I've had a real um kind of journey myself this year in particular because I'm trying I've I've had a burnout in the summer effectively, too much going on at work, too much going on at home. And I had to have a reset and level out. And what I've taken from that now is that I've, you know, I've got to look after myself better. I've got to allow myself for some time. I have to ask for some help. I have to set boundaries. And then some of those boundaries are within my working life. You know, I've um and containing my hours. Don't log on in the evenings. Um, because actually ultimately I get paid to do my you know contracted hours. Um and my line manager is very supportive of that. And um you know, it's just making sure I switch off and just managing by priorities. And it's painful, always managing by priorities, always having to kind of set boundaries and manage your workload and set expectations. And, you know, always potentially having to keep standards lower than you might ideally want them to. I'm always looking around my house going, I just want some time to myself to get these things done. Last week, um, I was I booked some time off to get some things done. Lo and behold, get the phone call from the school. My son's um, coughing, so had to then pick him up, get a PCR test and then keep him back on the Friday. So my afternoon and Friday morning got written off and I'm then there with my child <laughs> when I had a million things that I wanted to get done. And it's it, it's really hard, but I've almost got to plan for that and then brace myself that I'm going to lose that time at any point in time. I could plan it in and try my best to stick to it so I don't let work or something else come into the mix. You know, then like that morning off on a Friday when my, um, my son's at preschool, use that time wisely. Don't go to the supermarket. Do something either for myself or something on that admin list that's really been doing my head on and I just want to clear it off. Um, but brace myself that it, it's all going to go to pot sometimes and um, my, I'm, that opportunity might get lost because ultimately my son becomes my priority. Absolutely. It's very difficult to plan something for certain because <clears throat> those emergencies crop up all the time <laughs> and there's only one person to deal with them and you can't you can't leave them at school or leave them standing on the pavement it, it and uh, that's unfortunately for a lot of people that's difficult to understand one of the other things about sustainability for me was i was worried that the children didn't have any fun time because their mother was so busy it was so intense all the time and so I sort of collected a few spare people because um, I didn't have family around me. And uh, there was a, a program called uh, Big Buddy in New Zealand where I raised my children. Um, and my son, had, until very recently, he's just died, um, uh, what they call a Big Buddy. And they're all oh, police checked and that. So they, my son, well, and it ended up being for my daughter too, like a, uh, like an uncle figure, if you like. And he would come and collect them and they'd um, go and do something nice together. And then I had a younger version of that as well, who ended up, um, well, he's like their big brother. They refer to him as Waffle. Um, and so I did have these, uh, you know, the odd person around about who could just take that pressure off me. Um, and I would sort of make myself laugh with that. And the kids bought me a time turner because I needed to be in two places at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just bringing in some lightheartedness. And it is a balance between 
finding time to spend with them and then trying to achieve uh, parenting things, household things, work things. And I, I definitely found in the summer that I was, because I was not switching off mentally of an evening once I picked up my son, that I was not investing enough time in him. And by stopping thinking, stop not having my work phone to hand, um, trying to switch off um, from it, that I was investing more time and it really improved our relationship as well. And and you need a reset every now and then. And it's, it's finding that fine balance. But like I probably find some weekends I've got too much fun stuff booked in and then I'm stressing myself out because there's so many things that I want to get done. And then there's another weekend when I'm trying to get stuff done and he's not, you know, he wants um, someone to play with him. But I that's the last thing I want to do because I just want to get it done. And then, you know, the arguments you know, yeah. and the frustrating and the screaming at, and you're just like, get out of my feet. I just want to give me five minutes, please. <laughs> that, um, your reference to social time there just uh, is a nice segue onto the next theme, actually, which is invisibility. Um, and I certainly found that um, where parents often do each other favours and I couldn't accept any favours because I couldn't return them ever. Mm. Right. So any help I did get was paid help. So my I spent $150,000 on childcare over the time that I raised them because I couldn't return childcare favours because I wasn't there. I was at, at work, um, albeit flexibly. Um, and and so I was somewhat invisible to other parents. Um, I didn't have time to stop at the school gate and make friends with other parents because I was dashing to work. Um, and I certainly couldn't afford uh, any social time. As I say, my um, I had to work full time. I didn't have any choice in that. And the money was spent on childcare for work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's you, you can only. I, I had to work full time because I lived on a single income. I didn't have any finance from the father and still don't and um, or, or from the state. So. One has to work full time um, and uh, a lot of that money is spent on uh, childcare. So I certainly couldn't afford to spend more money on childcare to have a social life. And, you know, my my children barely had a parent anyway. You know, they'd lost one who'd abandoned them. And then the one that was left was so busy. So I, I wasn't really interested in that at the time. But it does mean that... Um, single or solo parents become invisible what about you Jane um so I, I I I completely agree well I used to drop my kids and pick them up from breakfast and after school club so I was never part of the school gates posse and actually the thing that I felt then the kids missed out on is a lot of the friendships for kids really deepen where the parents are friends and the parents meet up and I felt like I, the kids were really missing out on that. And I've also, up until April, when I had a bit of a breakdown, I always worked full time. So it was kind of scooting in and out and, and not doing that. And certainly as well, uh, so I, I went through a, a divorce uh, after moving back home. Uh, and it was that lots of our friends were more his friends than mine. So it was also a lack of people that I knew. But when I looked at all the things and meetups and things like that, that, everyone encouraged me to go to, it was just impossible as a single parent or I couldn't commit to a course because I have the kids every other weekend or, you know, so 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 you did have that invisibility, I think. 
uh, as a parent. So certainly at the school, which I think impacted on the, the kids more than me. And that's a sort of guilt I carry that maybe because I couldn't invest the time with the other parents, they kind of missed out on that front. And certainly there was very little socialising at all, really. I'm, I'm lucky and I do a little bit more now, but 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 very little. But there is a I would definitely say there is a feeling of being invisible or just rushing around. I would say more the invisibility for me was felt at work. So it's a bit different now. Everyone works remotely. But when I was sort of first at that stage, there were a lot of breakfast meetings or after meetings, all of this stuff I just couldn't do. You know, all of that extra stuff. I, I worked and I did my job, but all of this extra stuff that gets you up and gets you noticed and you've got to promote yourself. And uh, I used to work in the civil service and they do a, an annual survey. And there was one, there was a box about what voluntary work you do. Mm. And I actually put in there, I'm a single bloody parent because when am I meant to have time <laughs> to do any other voluntary work, yeah. you know, that I can put on my CV when I, I, I'm struggling to get us all going. So, so I actually felt the invisibility far more in a work context because I couldn't do the special things. I couldn't do anything really outside of the school day. And I was constantly watching the clock and panicking about, as you say, getting home in time to pick them up, particularly mm -hmm. if the trains weren't running correctly and all of that. So it gave you a very sort of different perspective. I I found I was judged as well. Um, one of the worst comments I got from um, school parents, women actually, um, was you must really love your job to do it full time. Uh, and I said to her, it's not a choice. And you could see all her assumptions come crashing down and she couldn't respond and, and got up and walked away. Um, yeah, so I just uh, share that because uh, I found I was judged because of the invisibility and I'd be berated for things like not bringing a cake that I had baked yeah. to the parent evening. Yeah. So I thought, well, when when am I supposed to bake a cake? I'd love to, um, but I can't. Well, and they'd say, well, when do you get home from from work? And I say, when do you think that is? And mm. it was, you know, half past three. I no. I, I'd like to think society has changed a few years because your children being a bit older. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope so. Yes. I did. Um, it, recently, I mean, obviously, they were recording this in December, so it's the festive season. And we have a mum's WhatsApp group for the preschool. My son is three years old, preschool. OK, there's a WhatsApp group with the mums. Um, and they and they one of the mums asked whether or not there was a list of all the children's names so she could write Christmas cards. And I've just like, I mean, as it miraculously happens, I managed to do my family and friends Christmas cards. But like, what am I going to write 30 Christmas cards for a bunch of three year olds? Don't even care about this. Like, I'm kind of... And then I'm feeling guilty and then I start receiving a couple and I'm like, oh, God, should I? I bought a pair of, a pack of cards just in case I do need to do this. And it will just be a quick name signed, signed my son's name and done. But I've got this guilt in me as in, should I be doing this? And going back to Jane's point about missing out on certain play groups and friendships as the WhatsApp groups ping in. Anyone want to go to soft play? Anyone going to want to go to hobble down after, you know, after preschool on Monday? And <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant and it's fantastic that there is a community that they're creating because these people did, largely didn't know each other and, it, I'm, and it's fantastic. 
but I just wish it would be like the you know the weekend that I can do because often I find with them um, you know people that um do that work part-time often they do their stuff with their friends midweek and not on weekends when it comes to a weekend then socializing with friends with kids sometimes is harder or creating friendships with new friendships is harder because they spend their weekends with their partners doing, or, or their other friends whereas yeah. actually I'm up for doing something on the weekend because I haven't got a partner at this point in time and it'd be nice to hang out with someone else and, and grow a friendship and I'm not I'm not completely exhausted of friendships. I do, and I do schedule stuff out with them. But in terms of creating new friendships, I do find that harder um, to to build that bond because my spare time is the weekend with my with my son. It's not midweek, which is more preferable to them. Um, but yeah, I, de I definitely echo that guilt factor, and I'm kind of listening to what you're saying now, Jane, and kind of thinking, oh, I know I'm going to be feeling this. I'm so I'm worried about that school gate factor of of dropping them off and just knowing I'm rushing away to a meeting and I do also think from going to some school parties again they're three years old there's already been two school parties <laughs> it's insane these days um that there are other mothers that are working part-time whether in relationships or not so I, I think that that shift is changing from where you were Suzanne I would hope and I'd and I think when I've been sort of articulating, I feel guilty. Like, am I the only one that's working? And another mums are saying, yeah, I'm working. I can't always make these things. You know, some people are working full time. They're not dropping off their kids off at the preschool gates. But there is still this population of mums that have got the capacity to do that. And I'm not judging that. We, you know, actually, if I, I, I questioned to myself, if I had the choice to not work, would I not work? I don't know, genuinely. I love my child, but I also love having a break from him in all honesty <laughs> I, um, the other time I felt invisible is when I was out with the twins as you say weekends and it would just be me and them mm -hmm. and there's lots of families and couples out with their kids and uh, I remember once <laughs> when mine were little and they were running off in different directions and I was trying to ca catch them <clears throat> and I got one and I had to tether them to a table with their reins while I went and caught the other one and not one person offered any help, not one. Um, <coughs> and I also remember when they were, I was out with both of them and they had some sort of punani, excuse the expression. And I just had to find a random lady out and about and shove this child at them, uh, what, the other one to hold while I sorted out this, this nappy situation. So there's lots of things that are quite different and people don't really offer help. But there is this very much weekend is for family time. Yeah. And I can completely understand and appreciate that, but it does make it very difficult if you're on your own. Uh, Jane, yes, uh, just to comment on that, I am one of those uh, mad ladies who offers babysitting to strangers uh, in moments of crisis because I, I just remember. Um, and uh, the, the place I've done it most of all is on aeroplanes because I figure they won't consider me too mad because I can't actually escape anywhere. But when they're trying to eat their dinner, and they've yeah. got this screaming baby and I just hold out my hands I don't say anything and <laughs> more often than not they just throw this oh, baby yeah. at me and then I walk up and down the plane and every, you know it's a bit of entertainment for everybody else but anyway on to our final theme as we're running out of time is opportunity and I think there are two streams of this one is the social side of it and one is um about work um and I guess for me, I just didn't have the the time or capacity to uh, consider 
hooking up with somebody new um, and uh, in terms of work as you know referring back to that uh, planning and unable to plan for certainty and um, uh, having to be very very strict on hours and sometimes having to run out of the office the idea of taking on more was just an impossibility there was no no point entertaining the idea of taking on more responsibility or being promoted um, and the way that I dealt with that was just to find my niche uh, which I'm still in and try to be the best that I can be in that niche how about you Jane because I know your experience the way you you have taken on more responsibility yeah so, so I think there's two things so on the social uh, I think there's a real niche in the market to create, you know, you have retirement villages. We need single parent villages where you've got a shop on site and babysitters you can call in and someone to come if your electrics go and you're holding two children and the but you know all the lights have gone out. So so I I honestly think that's the way forward. And we could we should think about that in a community way. Um in terms of uh, managing, uh, I am in a sort of middle management position. Uh, and I, I don't know how honest to be. I, I think it's hard. I think it's really if, if the children didn't have additional needs, I think I can manage a lot better. But I think with with where they are and who they are, uh, I am just thinking about what I can do now. But I don't think there's any I think we need to get better at putting being able to put the brakes on or take a pause or do something different for a period of time if that's what our children need and then we can consider picking things up and doing things differently when they're at a different stage and that should become much more common rather than this so there's two things I think we need to break away from one is this you work for 40 hours a week when that was a model that was designed mm -hmm. around having someone at home who did everything else it's yep. broken and it's not needed and we've got all this technology and yet all that does is mean that I can look at emails late at night. It hasn't seemed to have reduced yeah, my hours yeah. in any way. Uh, and the second is that your career should just move in this upward trajectory all the time. And if it's not, you've somehow failed along the way. And actually, it could go up and down a bit or, you know, it would be perfectly fine to take a step back for a while. Obviously, you need to be able to cope with that financially. But uh, it shouldn't necessarily have to be in a linear and upward movement. You need to be able to respond to your differing family situation without feeling like a failure. Because I think the thing is you feel for me, and maybe that's me personally in the way I was brought up, if I can't cope, then you start to feel like it's a failure in you rather than let's just look at this situation a bit differently and see how we can work it out because you've still got a lot to give, but you've got to give in so many different areas. How do we make that balance better for everyone? And Jenny? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I echo both the points that you made, really. It's um, recognising that I I can't climb a ladder. I don't know if I want to even climb the ladder. I'm just happy doing a good job. And I think it's taken me time sort of this year just to go, you know, I'm not failing. I'm bloody good at my job. And um, I might not be able to do all of the extras that I want to do. I mean, I sometimes kind of can see my some colleagues um, that are really good and very supportive kind of treading on a bit of my territory. Is that the right thing to say? And I and I get a bit annoyed and I don't necessarily always articulate that. But the point is, I don't have the capacity to do some of those things. And actually, I 
you know, it doesn't mean I'm doing my job any less, but it's the things that they are able to jump on there at that moment. I would have done, you know, two hours later or something. Um, but I have to kind of, you know, I've got to contain it for myself. I also, the, the, being in our position as well, because we have to contain what we're doing, also means we're not having to potentially do those stupid hours, which people that either don't have any dependents or, you know, are in a, um, are in a relationship with someone that can help with the care at home, they can end up doing more ridiculous hours. But, you know, that a bid comes in, there is all hands on deck, someone's weekend's wiped out. Now, my boss can't ask me to do that because he knows, I, you know, I, I couldn't arrange the ad hoc support that promptly. So there is a positive to take away from it, albeit it is frustrating. I think I'd hope to think in years to come that I'll see it as a success in myself, ourselves and similar situations that we were able to not put our career ambitions above ourselves and realise that there were more important things in life. And actually, we're not failing just because we haven't gone up the, much, the next lotch of the ladder. We're actually we're successful because we're looking at what is important and making sure we're managing the priorities at home for ourselves, I think. I would love I, I asked on uh, social media and I couldn't find any. I'd love a study that looked at people in senior management, very senior management positions uh, across different industries and find out how many are single parents. Uh, because I think you would find particularly single mothers, there are probably very few uh, and maybe they're not represented. And so maybe when decisions about how companies work are being talked about and considered, maybe it would help just to have, as you would try and have a diverse group in a room remember adding single parents in as part of that diversity mm -hmm. look at how you can support because we can we can still contribute we just need to sometimes look at things in a different way and get some balance good we should um finish up i think with um <clears throat> one or two positives um that stand out for you uh, uh, in your parenting journey uh, i think for me um apart from my children being a, a delight and very easy and i realize i'm very very lucky and fortunate in that um <clears throat> was that my children couldn't play one parent off against another and so we just sort of fell into this lovely almost like a a way of being together as a team um and that's just how we live and there's no there's never any disruption to that and that's very that's been very lovely for me i have to say jenny um i think one factor for my parents side is that they actually kind of get free reign of when they want to see my son they haven't got that in-laws factor that they have to worry about so um what whilst it's a shame that my son doesn't have an additional kind of wider family or grandparents to rely on but um i think that's lovely that they've can they can be, uh, be part of my son's life as they want to um, and also additionally not having that burden of another child to look after i.e a man and, and whilst I you know at some point I will get back on the dating scheme scene once um, I've got some more energy to, for it but I don't have to worry about disagreements or them not picking up something or washing up something wrong um, and it's quite nice and it, you know I listen to my friends who kind of go oh he's not done this he's not done that and I'm secretly smug to myself uh, at this point in time. I'm sure at other times I might be envy, but I'm quite secretly smug that like I am relieved. I do not have to worry about someone doing my head in seven days a week. <laughs> Jane. 
so for me, the positives are there's just a real closeness, I think, between you and your kids when you're the only ones in your house. And uh, I love that about having me and the kids together. And there is a way that you talk to each other. Uh, not that I overburden them with my problems, but um, I think there's just a slightly different way you talk to them in, in perhaps a slightly more adult way sometimes. Uh, and, a, and a real openness because you have to have openness. And my daughter's told me a few things that are on her mind recently. And I felt really proud as a parent that I created the environment where she felt comfortable to talk about that. So I think I think that's it. And it, it, it also gives you perspective. You know what you were saying about not working the extra hours or whatever it might be. At the end of the day, what matters is the children and, and me and keeping us healthy and happy. And I've just I just think it helps you bring that real perspective and also a feeling of pride sometimes when you do manage to, you know, to get lots of things done on your own. And you can be very proud of yourself uh, in terms of where you are and where you're going uh, and how you support your children. Uh, and I think there's there's no there's no shame in feeling proud every so often about what we do on a day to day basis. That's a beautiful note to end on thank you thank you Jane and thank you Jenny and thank you to anyone who's listening um, and I hope you've learned something today thank you very much and goodbye thank you thank you thanks Suzanne